ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. This is number 45 on the Guitar Wank Richter scale, and I'm sitting here preparing the show, and look who walks in. Who? You. Oh, oh me. Yeah, You. Right. Mr. Bruce in. Foreman is helping me do the intro today. Hey, folks. How you doing? Why are you wasting your time listening to this? <laughs> exactly. What's going on? Oh, we've got planes coming in. Um... Yeah, so I thought I'd get Bruce to jump in with the intro. Scott's not here, obviously. And um, it's a Sunday evening, and we're actually sitting here watching a little bit of Hangover, and we're remarking how wonderful of a movie this is. Yeah, it's a funny movie. It's a really great movie. I think if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's, uh, it's good times. Good times. We've got to thank our sponsors. Bruce, do you want to thank our sponsors? Thank sponsors. There you go. Uh, Wireworld Pro Audio Cables. Um, My Music Masterclass, Sir Guitars and Amps, Exotic Pedals, Jimmy Dunlop, Deodario Guitar Strings, My Riff, what is it, RiffMasterPro.com, and I think that's it. Did yeah. I miss any? I think, I think you got them all. Yeah, it's, I think that's it. kind of nice. Yeah, that's all them. And um, Bruce, is, what have you been up to? Well, I just got in from a cowboy festival. I played the Monterey Cowboy Festival. Um, was and- there a lot of cowboys there? Yeah, there were. And a lot of regular people, too. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. How do you tell the difference between a cowboy and a regular folk? Well, there should be a joke, but uh, <laughs> you know what's long and hard on a cowboy? What? Third grade. <laughs> I get that. That works. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just uh, got back to L.A. from the festival. It was a lot of fun. Played with a couple of great guitar players and... Played some fun music, and uh, we just put out a CD. It's kind of an interesting thing I'd like to tell everybody about. Yeah, you gave me this, and I was listening to it last night and um, today, too, because I, I, what I did with this podcast, we put it throughout the little snippets of music. It'll be this oh, great. you're hearing. Great. Well, this is a kind of a... I'll try to make this a quick story, although it's a long story. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was playing one of these festivals, and the guy who who uh, was the artistic director of it and the founder of it, he uh, he had an idea where he wanted to put all the good guitar players in all the different bands together and just have a a show he called Guitars Only. And the guy who led it, the guitar player he got to lead it, was a guy named Rich O'Brien, who's just a great cowboy guitar player, plays with lots of different people, produces CDs, and of course loves to play jazz and it surprised the hell out of this man Gary Brown was the man who was the artistic director founder of the festival and he uh it surprised him to find out that Rich was a big fan of mine and had all my records and so Rich was real excited to have me on the date and there was about five of us and we did this show and it was ridiculously well received everybody liked it I I found it very strange that all the people were there and enjoyed it you know with no music you know there was no singing so um and we had so much fun that we decided hey let's you know let's get another guy and make a just a record of just three western swing style guitar players everybody playing their own way and we got Whit Smith who's just this fantastic player in a band called Hot Club of Cowtown <laughs> and he's made it he's made it onto uh, Wikipedia back in the day and right. 
And so we took two days, and we, we just went down to Austin. Actually, we were in a town called San Marcos, which is just outside of Austin. This great old recording studio that Willie Nelson uses all the time called the Firehouse or the Fire Station, something like that. And uh, we just spent two days in there in a circle just making up, you know, playing tunes and then making the little arrangements for them and playing and just having a great time and telling stories. And this is about 12 years ago, 11 years it's ago. Not, whoa, whoa, And <laughs> 12 years ago, and this is just coming out now. Well, you don't want to rush things. <laughs> um, wow. We just recorded it, you know, and we thought maybe we'd put it out. You know, we'd put it out. We figured we might, you know, what, we're going to get gigs at Cowboy Festival or something? I don't know. So, But we just did it. We had a ball, and it just sort of sat on the shelf. And, of course, I gave this guy Gary a copy, and... He loved it, and he tried to get us a deal with a few different record companies and didn't really flush out too well. So it's just been sitting there. I haven't really thought about it. A couple of friends of mine told me they heard it from him and liked it. And Anyways, he was really sick at last year's festival. It was quite an, actually a miracle that he even made it to the festival. Who's and this? Gary Brown? It's Gary Brown. Right. And at the end of it, his uh, he, he like... He put together the next year lineup with which he wanted us to re- re- recreate that record. So we hired us all for this weekend, you know, last year. But his last words were to me, you know, promise me something. And I said, what? He said, promise me you'll put that CD out. Oh, get, he passed? And he passed away, God, about a month or two after that. Oh, wow. And so, you know, a promise to a great man like that, I just felt compelled to live up to it. And, of course, I procrastinated all year long and then come about October realizing that I had this festival coming up and I'd promised him. I uh, I put it all together and got impressed and made it a tribute album to him. We sold it at the festival. I donated all the copies to the festival so that the proceeds would go to that wonderful festival and help keep it sustained as best I could. And the the band, we called the band High Plains Riffsters. <laughs> and uh, the CD's name is Guitars Only. And we also, I decided to make it available online. The, the only copies can be bought through that festival. Okay. But the only hard copies. Yep. But you can get it online. Just look for Bruce Foreman or Bruce Foreman and High Planes Riffsters uh, on CD Baby. CD Baby. Yeah, I'm sure it's on iTunes and everything else. And uh, you can download it. And it's if you just want to hear three guys having fun, totally unpretentious, not trying to prove anything or, you know, set the world on fire. We're just three different ways of playing swing and Western swing guitar and just. This is like being in the living room with us. And uh, it really does. I was kind of blown away because. Not only it was really fun to listen to, but the playing is stellar. Well, like, just, I was excited about it. I was like, yeah, man, this sounds really good. There was just no overdubs. You know, obviously, we couldn't do any overdubs. It was just, you know, we were all that. in the room together, sitting next to each other. And, yeah. And so uh, it was just, that's what you hear. You know, it was like February, what, 2005 or something, I think. Yeah, 2005. Yeah. Feb. So uh, it's just, uh, it's just if for, for those of you out there who want to hear a lot of different ways, it was funny. The, uh, the engineer there, a pretty famous guy, when we were started playing, he like said to us, he said, oh, this is great. I love chunk, chunk guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much, you know, if you like chunk, chunk guitar and want to hear three different ways of doing it, yep. and then a lot of cool soloing and different sounds. Now, um, 
are these these tunes are these like standards in in the swing western swing world or uh some are western swing tunes some are just regular swing tunes yeah yeah um obviously like things like strawberry road and old cow hand and uh i'd have to look at it you know are kind of more western swingish but then like lady be good and bernie's tune or yeah swinger bernie's lady uh you know rose room that's an old standard so it's just kind of there's i i think i've got three originals on there oh really and uh and yeah, I have three originals. Texifornia. Texifornia Breakdown, Swing from Texas, and... Oh, there's a third. Blues for Bob. Blues for Bob, right. How'd I pick that? Yeah. Um, I see yeah, his... That was Bob Wills, of yeah. course. Uh, sonically, you've got Rich, uh, Rich O'Brien on the left. Yeah. Bruce, your center. And Whit Smith... Um, is on the right. And that, on the right. But pretty much, once you listen to it for a second... And get it straight, you know, who's who. You can tell the whole way through. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, if you're a listener and you want to hear something really cool, download this album. It it really is badass. I was, to me, for some reason, I guess the three acoustics and that chunk chunk, a little bit of Django vibe to me for some reason. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, everybody thinks of that. But, you know, I mean, obviously the feel is way, it's not that gypsy feel. Not that gypsy style, yeah. And and there is, it's a little bit, particularly when we were playing most of the Western swing stuff, there's a little bit more pronounced boom chick, boom chick. Yeah. Instead of of a chunk, 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 you know. And uh, and a lot of, like, walking lines between the bass that's reminiscent of, you know, of the Western swing era, you know, and... It's just, but we moved between all the styles, and sometimes we did want to kind of evoke a gypsy feel. Sometimes we wanted to evoke just a straight American swing, and sometimes Western swing. So, and everybody has their own way of doing it and their own sound. And like Whit Smith played a, and on that date he played an old Epiphone with a Diarmid pickup and a, in one of those Gibson amps from the 1930s. Oh yeah, yeah. And Rich played a a, a Johnny Smith. With like a Fender Deluxe or something. Right. And I, that was right after I got my red guitar. That's a Stefan Sontag arch I think you used that. And I used that. And it was, I believe I also went through some sort of twin or deluxe or something. And then I, I'm not so sure. You'd have to listen to it again. I think he mic'd both the guitars, acoustic and the amps, and they blended them all. It does sound like you're sitting in the room with you guys. Oh yeah, it's totally really exactly cool. what you would hear if we were if you were sitting five feet from us while we were playing. You would hear some of the acoustic box and some of the amp, and we weren't playing loud at all. Yeah. There were there was no separation or baffling or anything like that. Fantastic, that's really cool. So high plane riffsters, guitars only, and you can find it. Look under Bruce on iTunes and CD Baby and all that. And you're selling it at sixty nine ninety nine. Well, for guitar wank listeners only, it's nine ninety day. <laughs> and then you can buy the track separately too if you want. Oh, cool! Well, why would you do that? Uh, why stop at one? Yeah. That's the question. Fantastic! Yeah. All right, I love that. Um, what else has been going on? Well, we got you. We got you here. We we don't have to put up with Scott's shit. You know, Scott <laughs> won't give me a hard time. I can tell the truth. I think it's harder to play over changes than one chord. <laughs> You know, no matter um, what Scott says, I'm just gonna I'm gonna live and die by that. 
I would have to disagree with that. Oh, okay. You guys, two against one. Go no, ahead. I'm just, I was, that was my impersonation of Scott. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, good. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a very good impersonation. No, it was horrible. Scott. I can't impersonate yeah. Scott. Why but, bother? Uh, you know. Well, this, this episode is um, from last week where we were, obviously, we did all the political stuff last week. Yeah, we were. It's probably a downer, huh? We were, no, we were, I don't think so. I think I people... Mean, you know, I, I don't know. know. People, the politics will have that effect on people. We had fun with it. We had to get it out of our system. So, you know, what are you yeah, going to do? Yeah, well, I didn't talk politics. You guys did. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, didn't, you didn't talk any politics. Yeah, That's but right. good. Okay, so we get to hear what, what was left over from that. That's yeah, great. so we put all that together. And, um, you know, as I said, I thought I'd have Bruce come in and do this little intro and stuff. And we might even, I might even put it out tonight. Oh, great. Yeah, let them have it. I suppose, like, this is... They'll be hearing it within minutes of us recording it oh really cool yeah. all right so we'll put it up but uh, we well then all... let's shut up and put it out well we will um i had to address some emails we've got some really good emails that come in we want to thank those people uh donations there's a donation tab right oh Bruce? we could yeah we could use that scott spent all his money tonight he's at the rams game and i'll guarantee you just like one beer or one whatever whatever he has at football games. I'm right. kind of scared to ask. Did they lose or win? I don't even I know. Don't, is it tonight or this afternoon? I think it was this afternoon. This afternoon, yeah. Well, I can find out. Find out live. if you. I, I, I kind of find it really interesting that the town of L.A. is just embracing the Rams the way they are after they just said basically F you and left. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we'll have them back, sure. You know, I, like, I don't know the backstory. So. Well, yeah, they, they just left. They really? Just, like, they just, yeah. Why'd they leave LA? To move to St. Louis. It had to do with the the guy who owned it, his wife took over. I think he either died or was incapacitated. And of course, we're going to get lots of clarification here. But her name was Rosenblum, Carol Rosenblum, and she like just took the, because the, because the, because the St. Louis team had moved to Arizona, and so St. Louis didn't have a team. And so she just, like, up and moved it, you know, without any real... Wow. And, yeah, and it really, you know, it was really a drag for L.A. But now, what? now 20 years later, they're coming back, and everybody's going, welcome back, let us give you all your money, I'll gladly pay $50 to park. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I Damn. Wouldn't, I wouldn't be treating people who treated me that way. But, you know, Whatever. The Rams. Um, well, oh, the Rams and the Dolphins. The Rams lost. Oh, haven't they? Don't, have they won a game yet? Oh yeah. Okay, they have. I think they've won one. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I mean, again, I'm, something happened this year. I used to be a pretty damn big football fan, you know. And this year, I seem to have kind of lost it. And you know what happened? I had a lot more time for music. Ah, so it was, you know, you know. So um. What can I say? I, I'm not really ready. I'm sure I'll watch the Super Bowl and the playoffs and stuff, but I'm not really all that excited about it anymore. And, of course, all this craziness with the medical stuff and just how much money's going down and everybody's fighting over it. I'm just like, it's like politics. It's like they can do fine without my money and interest. Mm. They're just going to carry on and kill each other anyways. Yeah, right. So I only watch when... That's so, 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 so this metaphoric. Though. Politics and football have a lot in common. They do have a lot in common. Yeah. Especially bunch, if you bunch watch of jock movie. straps. Well, <laughs> especially if you watch that movie with Will Smith. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that's another show. Um, so Scott will be back. I don't know when we... Well, hope, maybe the next one, Lukather, will be on. 
That would be great. That could be because it'll be after thanks. Well, after Thanksgiving, so we should say Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Oh, of course, Happy American... Thanksgiving, everybody. Gobble gobble. You know, I hope it's not like last year. What last happened last year, year? I had a, a man. Last year, I decided I was going to go out and shoot my own turkey. <laughs> you know, I figured I've get been it. on this earth this long. It's time for me to you know get old school to do the to get old school, right? right. Okay. So I decided to go out and shoot my own turkey. And man, I just got to tell you. Those people in the Safeway were really pissed off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. You know what I love hearing from Americans? What? I don't know how many times I've heard this in my life in America. So you guys have Thanksgiving. What do you do for it? <laughs> I got to give it to you, Americans. You're really cultured when it comes to international diplomacy <laughs> right well we, we you know yeah that's the way I don't know how many times i've heard that i'd be like i'm australian yeah but what do you guys do for thanksgiving <laughs> yeah but you know what yeah. are you gonna do yeah well, um <laughs> yeah all right well i'm gonna sh- we're gonna shut up we'll let we, we ought to this is a really too long an intro sorry no, it folks. doesn't matter i think it's part of the podcast just go it? ahead and complain by email and we won't do this again yeah guitarwank at gmail.com go to the website see us on facebook twitter and we're not on Snapchat. We're on everything else. All the annoying media outlets. Yeah, and follow me on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. too. Twitter too. Whatever. What are you it is. on? I, I am. I am at Cowbop is my handle. At Cowbop. Oh, just Bruce Foreman if you look for me. Bruce. But I mean, I do tweet out stuff every now and then. Like for instance, yeah. Did you see my first and only political post ever on Facebook and on Twitter? I, I did it. I, I think I, just, I did I say did something. It. What did you say again? I, I said that I believe this country is suffering from ED. ED? Yeah, electile dysfunction. <laughs> On that note, we're going to go into... Uh, <laughs> we're going to go into some... Uh, what are you guys called again? High, High, High Plains Rifters. Say that fast on a drunken Saturday night. Yeah, well, it's a joke on High Plains Drifters. Yeah. Okay. I love it. You guys sound amazing. And the tune is Bernie's tune. You can find this on um, iTunes. And with all the music that I do play on, someone asked this a couple of weeks back, what's the tracks you play in the background? They are from the, the, the time Bruce and Scott got together and you guys messed around in Scott's studio. Yeah. And then the other tracks are from Bruce's album, Book of Foreman. And Scott's album, Vibe Station. So, um, and you can get them on iTunes and everywhere else. So um, go check it out. Anyway, write us an email. We'll answer any other questions. Here it is, Bernie's tune, just a snippet of it. And then we'll get into the podcast. Have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And uh, until next time, Bruce? Yeah, until, you know, until next time, uh, don't let the... Uh, 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 yeah, keep wanking. <laughs> I know there's a bunch of turkey jokes. I can't think of any of them. So uh, anyway, have a good one. Be safe, guys, over the holidays. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Gobble, gobble.
So China was great. Where you went? We had a great gig in India. Really, uh, India. That's that was cool. What a fun gig! Oh, that's yeah. right. We watched the <laughs> the best guitar player in the yeah, world, the world's greatest guitar. Kind player. of documentary oh. almost interview yeah. with that that was being shown. Did you see that? At no. All? Uh-uh. Oh, one of someone posted it, and I posted it on Guitar Wank, and it was it was really great. They interviewed you, and you were like they were interview talking to you like it was like a half hour show. <laughs> the you. guitar. The guitar man, the best guitar man in the world, and it oh, was just that, oh. great. Oh the chick God. was interviewing you, and you were doing like a, a little uh, workshop there, it looked like, too. It was during yeah, the day. Yeah, I remember I did yeah. a workshop, yeah. Oh, this little kid, man, played the shit out of one of my tunes. He learned Vibe Station, and he was 12 years old, and he played the fuck out of it. Man. I was like, holy crap. He plays it better than I do. He won a pedal. Where was he from? He's India? He's from India, yeah. You know, he's just a little kid. Just, you know, he learned one of my tunes and he just nailed it. Wow. He played really good. With the whammy bar and everything? Everything, man. He just totally got all the voicings correct. And, you know, I wish he had played his own solos. He copied my solos. But then later I jammed with him and he played and he can actually play. But for the tune, he actually learned the solos off the record. Yeah, just unbelievable. That's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, cool little kid. That's cool. India India was great. India was a great sounding club. It's the Blue Frog in in Bangalore. And what a sound this place has. I mean, not only on stage, but out in the house. It's a great room to play. Beautiful sound. We had a bunch of gigs like that, you know, where the sound was just impeccable, just awesome. But, you know, again, we had some bad ones too now tell me did did guitar wank get mentioned uh <laughs> actually, no 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 it did it did uh you know i just it's you don't get to talk to many people i mean you know like the only time i really got to talk to anybody is when i was selling cds after the show right and quite a few people would come up and buy a CD and say they've been listening to the show. Oh, cool. And, okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. We but got some. I don't really get to talk to people and hang out with them that much because I'm trying to make money selling CDs. <laughs> <laughs> like, give, shut up and give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Then we got to Europe and it was, you know, lots of great food in Italy and it was fun. Yeah. I just the, the main thing that I, I, I really came away with from the tour is just how incredibly inconsistent my playing is and that's, maybe that's not noticeable to the audience i'm not sure if it is or not but it sure as hell is noticeable to me <laughs> like wow like just from night and day right you know like one night just playing my playing shit that i've never played before and just having those kind of nights where you're just really on fire and everything goes right and the tone is amazing to nights where you just can't do it. It just does nothing works, right? right. You know, every line is somehow flawed with a clam in it. And, and you know, every voicing has a plink in it or a one wrong note that didn't, one bad note that wouldn't come out. And, and the tone is bad and the phrasing, and you play phrases because you think you know where one is, but it turns out that it wasn't where you thought it was and you just played the <laughs> dumbest, clunkiest, squarest phrase and you realize that you were like a half, an eighth note off and <laughs> just you know yeah shit happens shit right? happens did um you obviously had a lot of great food 
You yeah. you've been to Moscow. Moscow. We didn't go to Moscow. Oh, we didn't? only flew through Moscow. We were playing at a jazz festival in Russia. Oh, okay. And it was in two small cities. Right. So we didn't get to play in Moscow because the club where we normally play there was already booked. Right. And and it's a beautiful place, and I love to play there. But they, unfortunately, they couldn't do it this year. Right. Scott, so. you've got some. I got to tell you this. I mean, this is an intervention here. Just a friend. <laughs> this is a friend. Okay, I'm talking to you as a fucking All friend. Right, now we get into it. This we, is good. we got an this intervention here. Um, you're you're a little too worried about integrity uh, when it comes to Facebook. <laughs> no, I don't care about fucking. I, I you know, I, I don't and, and care no, about. No, uh, for instance, I want to point yeah. out something. Your 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 lovely. Apology. Oh, about, well, that was about, heartfelt, about, man. About, I mean, I ruined a lot of people's fucking day. I know you did, you and know? I know you did. I yeah. know you did. But, you know, you said you're sorry. It's yeah, good. I did. It's, no, but That's... you went beyond saying you're what, sorry. What did you you almost self-flagged. He oh, just missed it. He missed a gig because he was at the wrong gate and uh, yeah, he missed the plane. Yeah, but well, well, I, that's all I did is say I'm sorry. I didn't do anything past that. Well, you, you really went deep. Deep in your apology, it was well. It, it was, was a over deep. It was a heartfelt apology. It was I've very never done hard. I'm just telling you, like that in my whole life. I know. And, and, I think people will and, more, and everybody really knows that Sc- everybody knows that Scott Henderson is a professional and cares. No yeah. one has a doubt in their mind that if he makes a mistake because he's human, that it wasn't intentional. Yeah, I, I thought and that was just, just an easy mistake that happens. Yeah, well, it's, but no, you, you, but I'm I know you're really there was a lot. He was very hard on himself. I'm That's sorry. All my that is. is not a fucking forgivable mistake. <laughs> that is fucking. That is the most unprofessional thing that I've ever done in my life. But you know, you sometimes know, we and, all and have those moments. Even worse like than playing a B natural on a G happened. minor. Well, you know, the thing is, if you if you think about it, if you think about it, you know, let's be real. There's people that were driving all over for Germany from that. There are people who drove hundreds of miles. That ruined their whole fucking day <laughs> and week after. You didn't because get the they mic were that drive. They drove. You know, when I play a gig in, in, in a country, it's, I'm not just playing for the people of that town. People yeah. drive from hundreds of miles to come and see that gig. Can you imagine how inconvenienced oh, yeah. they are? Yeah. And not only that, the club owner was trying to move the gig and knock another band out of a gig so that we could replace the gig and inconvenience all their lives and their fans' lives. Yeah. Believe me, it was a big mistake. Yeah. Not something small. No, something huge. No, a really I, bad fucking mistake. You're, you're missing and, and my point. That you, you, you're missing my really, point. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that it, it. You know, and I don't know to what level of responsibility you had in this on uh, the other 100%. level. Hundred percent. Well, I mean, you were you were at a gate. You were at a gate, and you thought you were you were at the wrong gate. That's right. No, here's what basically happened. First of all, we were flying a very cheap airline, who's so cheap that they don't even make announcements. Aeroflot. No, <laughs> not talking cheap. Oh, really cheap. Either Wizz Air, Welling, Ryanair, Ryanair, yeah, JetBlue, EasyJet, all these fucking piece of shit airline companies that are so cheap they won't even make a gate announcement. You know, they don't even have microphones. The right. seats don't even go back. 
right? Every every way they can possibly cheap out, they cheap out. If there had been a gate announcement, if they had said last boarding for flight to wherever, I would have been there. Hmm. But there was silence. No, and I'm sitting there watching a line thinking that's my line. And it wasn't. Oh, because my. yeah, because oh. because and I'm just sitting there watching the line waiting to board the plane. And it's the wrong line. And my line was gone. So did already. you did you line up in this line or did when did no, you No, I realize? was just waiting for the line to go on and then when I saw the last people I went on and they said this is this isn't your flight. Oh no. And I was just like just shocked yeah you know and 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 then i realized that two gates gates down was my flight and how 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 long did five minutes i missed it by five minutes yeah and there was no other flights to get out of there no other flights and for how long and and forever two days oh geez so the gig was ruined the gig was lost yeah you know, wasn't like I could make it up by taking another flight later. The gig Where was, was lost. Where was this at? It was a gig in Germany, and somewhere in Germany. And you were flying out of from Rome. Wow. Yeah. So I lost the gig. You know, I had I didn't have to, but I did pay the guys for that work day mm-hmm. because I didn't feel they should lose. You know, money, yeah. and I lost the money I was going to get from the gig, and I lost money for the hotel. I lost about maybe 2500 bucks because of a stupid mistake yeah you know and it's not just the money but it's just the 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 horrible inconvenience to everybody by just doing the most stupid unfucking professional uh, well i think you know, i think everyone really appreciates that because not many artists some artists would be just like yeah you know I fucked no up, but you say you're sorry yeah there's, there's, but you know but you know you i know you really care and that's a big right, deal that's, I think that's no one no just, one for a second doesn't think he yeah no yeah, no, no doesn't no, think he doesn't that, care but i wouldn't feel he doesn't right care. about not apologizing yeah for, for sure i really fucked I think that's, up that's a the great promoter thing. will probably never speak to me again he's livid mad you know, so I'll probably never be able to work that club again for that promoter because he's, yeah. you know, my Where name was is, the town? I can't remember. Uh, um, it was not, Dres, Dresden, 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 Germany. Oh. In fact, I think I've played for this guy before. Yeah. He knows me, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. now he'll never work with me again. Yeah. You know, so, so whatever. It sucks it's when just, those things happen. And yeah, I think they've bitch, happened to everyone man. over the, throughout life. It's of course. Just, yeah. One yeah. of those things. I mean, a lot of times it's not your fault. No. Rarely yeah, it's your fault. This Usually, one was my, I know, no, no, <laughs> but was, I mean, but no. There are times whatever. where you, where the airlines screw up. Obviously, there's times when it's just weather well, and you sure can't. Would have helped there, to have there, a fucking boarding call. Yeah, I know. You know, there are times where you get to the club <laughs> and the guy didn't pay his taxes and the damn door is locked. There's <laughs> I mean, times where yeah. you know, there's times where the power's out in the city and you can't play the gig. But there's lots but, of reasons why gigs are canceled. He missed the gig. It was his stupid mistake. He said he was sorry. But have you ever really seriously have you ever been in an airport and not and not heard like when someone's late for a flight, you know, Mr. Rodriguez or Mr. blah blah blah, we please come to gate 10, you know, blah blah. They always call your name always like three times. It, yeah. Because they always. were taking my luggage off the plane. Right? So and not ha- even calling my name. Did you just flip out on them? Yeah, I flipped out on them. Had they take yeah, that? They were, they were, they were getting ready to have me arrested because <laughs> I flipped out on them. Yep. Yeah, I said, "You fuckers took my luggage off the plane and you didn't even announce my name." 
You know, so yeah, I was pissed. Yeah, oh, for I sure. I was pissed off. We yeah. we were in we were in France and we had a a a TV show in I think it was in Italy or somewhere like that. And we're on the plane and we're we're telling hey we can't go any we've got to wait for that luggage on the tarmac to get on the plane. That's all our gear. And they're like no 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 they're gonna load it on don't worry. And the plane starts moving and all of our gear is just sitting on the tarmac. And we yeah, just drove off without our gear. It's just like crap. Wow. Yeah, I've done that thing a couple times where I leave. I never take my pedal suitcase up to my room because you know I just leave it in storage. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've left the hotel and left my pedals in the storage thing. We're halfway to the airport. Oh man! <laughs> like ah, fuck my pedals. Have to go all the way back to the hotel. Everybody's worried that we're going to miss the flight. You know, stupid shit like yeah, that. Stupid shit. Never missed a flight because of it. But goddamn, I've done some you, dumb shit. You know shit. how bad traffic in Moscow is getting from oh, the airport? Geez, yeah. It's like the worst. It's like that the 405 the, the times worst. 10. Yeah. And we get, we fly into Moscow. We finally get through two and a half hours to the, to the hotel. And I grab my suitcase and it's the wrong suitcase. Oh, no. I've grabbed the wrong color purple suitcase, and we have to go all the way back, another two and a half hours back, and check, hope my suitcase is there. Check this out. We had a travel day that was just going from, let's see, where were we? It was just, we were back in Rome again. We were going from Rome <coughs> to Moscow, uh, Rome to one of these little cities in Russia. Sixteen-hour travel day. <laughs> Right. From the time we got up in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning to catch the first flight at 7, that yep. was from Rome to Warsaw, then from Warsaw to Moscow, then claim all of our baggage and drive to the other end of Moscow to another airport in yep. Moscow I know the most, yeah. to fly to this little city. And by the time we got to this little city, it was like 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And if you count up the hours since, you know, and subtract the two hours that you lost because of the time change, it was still like a 15, 16, 17, something like that travel day. I could have gone back to Los Angeles <laughs> in the time that it took me to get from Rome to Moscow. Whereas if there was a direct flight, it would have been like three hours. Yeah, it would have been nothing. Four hours, it yeah. would have been nothing. Yeah. You know, but that's, some of that shit just happens over there. You know, there's no direct flights, you know, no flight from a certain airport, and then you end up just wasting the whole day just flying and flying yeah. in Russia. We had so yeah. many flights where Hard. we had one flight where they landed us in the middle of nowhere. We had to catch the Trans-Siberian train because the planes were because of the snow. The planes were delayed. They had to land the plane. Then we had to catch a train, and then we were caught taxis. And it was like planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. It sure and can Russia be like is that. just a nightmare in any case. You know, one of the things that I think really hurt my playing in, in China um, because I didn't feel like I played well in China for the first part of the tour. N- number one is, of course, just the immense jet lag from flying from L.A. to Asia. What, ham- oh, I've done that trip. I've done China. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 15, it's, 16. It's, 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 some, it's yeah, serious like jet that. lag. Yeah. I mean, you're playing a gig at 8 in the morning, yeah. right? Uh, how good does anybody play at 8 in the morning? It's just like, okay, I know I'm jet lagged. I know I'm exhausted. But then after that, it was like four gigs in a row in China, all flights, oh. and all early morning flights. So, so after the gig's over, like say at around 10, 11 o'clock, get, sell CDs for an hour, maybe mm-hmm. an hour and a half, then get something to eat because I'm starving, 
then get to bed around one o'clock and wake up at four to go to the airport for a flight and then do that four days in a row. Yeah, that's a nightmare. So, and they think our lives are glamorous. <laughs> you know? And I'm up there on stage and I'm just thinking, you know what? I'm so tired that I, I really don't have anything to say right now on, on my instrument. I'm just tired. I want to go to bed. Yeah. But I've got, but the curtains open and presenting Scott Henderson. <laughs> and here we go. And I'm going to, let's be creative now. And I'm just like barely alive. <laughs> just trying to keep my eyes open. Oh, and, man. And, uh, and drinking coffee is not the answer for me because that just makes me nervous. Right. And, and it just makes me shaky and jittery. And that just makes me Well, what about nervous. cocaine? Well, there's always cocaine. There's always heroin. <laughs> Crack? You know, I really don't know what to do in that situation when you're so sleepy that you just, or you're so exa- physically exhausted yeah. that you just can't really, your brain just isn't really working. It's really foggy. It's fo- You're just in a fog. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. in a fog. Like some kind of a jet lag, lack of sleep fog. But then after three days, I got it together. And by the fourth gig... I was playing pretty good. And then yeah, he came you came home. Know. Then I came home. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's one of those things about those week tours where you go to play for a week way far away. Finally gets it together and, and you go home. Finally gets together just in time to go back home. <laughs> yeah. You just get to do it in time. Wait, we, did you have good crowds? Yeah. Really good crowds. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think promoters are finally learning is not to sell these tickets. It's so fucking expensive. You know, we had a lot of gigs where the tickets were pretty cheap. You know, in Europe, it was like somewhere between 15, 25 euros, but usually lower, 15, something like that. And the club's packed and everybody's drinking and having a great time. And that's a great atmosphere for a club where I have experienced, you know, promoters selling, trying to sell tickets at 40 euros and you have the club half full and it's just such a letdown, you know, and it's so much better when they sell the tickets cheap and pack the place and everybody's drunk yeah, yeah. <laughs> and drinking. And I think the club owner makes more money and it's a better environment to play in. It's a lot more fun. So thank goodness the great majority of places we played were like that, just packed. So <laughs> it was great. It man. was great. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. So it was good audiences, you know. Did you did you hear any jokes? Good jokes on the way? No, I didn't really. I I I wasn't a. I told some good ones. kind of got this one thing I've 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 been playing like with the resonator guitar I've been playing without bass and that has been really fun I'm I'm finding myself uh, I know that we've ripped on drummers previously and I know we've uh, we've beaten up keyboard players too on this Podcast. And sound men, don't forget sound men. And sound men, and, and they they will forever be uh, beaten up. But um, Drop bass I think putting bass players in the uh, in focus of the target here is uh, worth mentioning. You know, uh, 
naturally, every band needs a bass, right? So they get every gig, and we're used to having them on the gig, and they, they're very in demand if they're good, as they should be. And, I mean, Lord knows, I, I love the sound of the bass. I've played with Ray Brown, you know. I, I think I've very well, I respect the bass and everything. But then there's an element to how much control they have over the music. And oftentimes, uh, you've you got a bass player, and he's uh, generally a sub, because the first bass player you called took another gig at the last minute <laughs> for more money. <laughs> and you get him, and he's got this outsized control of the groove and the harmony and everything, and he doesn't really even know before, before they even know what you're doing. They make all these decisions about how the music's supposed to go. And, uh, I, you know, I'm realizing that, damn, you know, is that really necessary? I mean, I can understand it if I want to play really loud or want to have a dance band or something, you know, where you want a lot of bottom end. But for, like, particularly when I'm playing with a resonator and it's kind of chamber-oriented, and that guitar is such a beautiful low end anyways, that if there's all that space down there, I mean, I can kind of play a lot of that stuff myself. And it leaves a lot of space to do stuff, and... Lord knows I don't have somebody coming in sort of directing the music. I don't need a music director. I really don't, especially when I wrote the music and I conceived the music. And so, um, I mean, I think back of records that I loved when I was a kid, these Art Tatum records with uh, Lionel Hampton and Buddy Rich. There's a Nat Cole record with uh, Lester Young and Buddy Rich as well on drums. There's uh, all those Benny Goodman quintet records that didn't have bass with Charlie Christian and Lionel Hampton and Gene Krupa. So, I mean, there's pretty, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of swinging music out there. So we don't really, so we've been led, we've been lied to all these years. We don't need a bass player. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> that's not necessarily Come on. true. No, no, wait a minute. No, okay, 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 no, the no, no, the fact is, the fact is <laughs> music doesn't need any particular instrument. You can make music with a piccolo and a sousaphone. You don't, you know, I mean, you don't need any specific instrument. Of course, to play certain styles of music in certain ways, it's always better to have certain instruments, of course. But you can make great music with any combination of instruments. The key is not to try and compensate for the missing instrument, okay. you know, but to make music with the sound you've got. And, you know, the sound palette's a cool sound palette, and you just play to what you have. I mean, there's lots of duos that don't have bass, you know. Like the White piano, Stripes. Piano, piano and voice or... Guitar and a, and a you know and a horn you know that that's great music you don't you know a flamenco singer and, and guitar player you know you don't miss a bass player there so it's just a matter of, of conception of the music the way you play and dealing with the sound palette you've got but I'm finding just a real enjoyment of having the freedom and not having to kind of feel sometimes pushed around by somebody who like I say who might be, uh, who's doing the best they can and who came in to sub for the gig, but for somehow their preconception of how music's supposed to go, they just naturally do it that way without any, like, open-mindedness to, well, where does this guy want to go with it? You know, like, kind of playing it cool for a second and just kind of sussing out the direction the music needs and then being the best bass player. I mean, because let's face it, with the upright bass, you've got everybody from... 
Scott LaFaro and Eddie Gomez on the Bill Evans side, to Ray Brown, you know, on that side, to, you know, like Dave Holland. There's a lot of ways to approach playing music from the bass perspective. And guys, oftentimes they just come in and they just start playing the way they think they're supposed to play, you know, without really listening. And, and the amount of control they have is, is more than one-third in a trio. Fucking bass players. No, no, I mean, don't <laughs> get me wrong. To, I mean, trying to rev you guys love, up here. I love them, and I love them. I'm just pointing out that, <laughs> that, that, that with this guitar, and, and you know, I've got a drummer who's playing like a set that's mostly based on percussion, not really drums, although it's a little kit. And we're just going all these places we would never go if we had a bass player. And, and you know... This, and I say, that, and this, this guitar has a beautiful, clear, low end, and I wouldn't be playing it much down there if I had a bass player. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because uh, it just, it's no, it it's, there's already sound down there. I would yeah. be filling sound out somewhere else. So I'm just... So you're enjoying the freedom. So it's not really a rant, is it? It's more yeah, like... I was hoping you get a little bit more pissed no, off. No, you know, you could go into a rant more about a bass player who... who Refuse to play the root, you know what I mean? And there's those you go busy on? bass players. Oh, there's tons of them out there. Fucking you know, there's bass, bass players. players that that <laughs> just don't know how to groove, and that they play way too many notes and getting the soloist. Or a bass player yet was like I'm saying, yeah. a bass player who decides what the groove is going to be before he listens to hear what the how the music is conceived and how everybody's playing. You know what I'm saying? They make a decision based on their own aesthetic or experience That's when a they're a fucking sideman still, right? but they're well, bass player. Still, there's different. There's a different situation. Like, say, if you were a bass player was playing a standard, and just happened to be sitting in with somebody who, like Bruce or another jazz musician, and the guy doesn't really Bruce. have a concept of what. Bruce wants. Then again, they can't be mind readers, but they do have to listen. You just listen. Yeah, I mean, they just, just have to listen. You know, I'm talking about the guys who just make the decision. Readers, boom, boom, yeah. boom. This is the way I'm going to be. But and it's, it's like the, it's the sort of the same way, you know, in the kind of. I don't play with acoustic bass players, so you know, I don't ever do that. But I play with a lot of electric bass players, and and they they they're often worse. Well, yeah, they can be. They they <laughs> sometimes, you know, you give them a piece of music, and and it's original music, so. Uh, a lot of it is written out. So really all you're required for them to do is get good tone and play the notes you wrote for them to play. That's not all that hard. But when it comes to the improvising part, and all of a sudden you start hearing so much stuff that you're not able to play over it because mm. it's so busy. Yeah. Or something like that. Or the, the roots are missing because, you know, somebody misinformed them that they're supposed to play thirds and fifths or they're playing too the freaking loud yeah or they're not or, or their yeah. idea of what the groove should be on the tune is yeah. not is not really reflecting where the leader is putting the groove right or maybe the drummer who's been on the gig for 20 years and you're just your first night yeah and you're not letting them cue you as to really the way this this music works that I hate to say it, but bass players have a tendency to, you know, play the roots. Or you know, the guys I play with a lot of time play the roots, walk the bass, whatever they do, and you know, it's like they think Ray Brown's the only way to play, or they think this guy's the only way to play, and Ron Carter, and they come in and they they play really well, except for you know what? It's like not where this music needs to go. And if you just sat and like were cool for a second and trusted the other people you're playing with. 
you'd hear that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just playing the roots. You know, or you're just playing the bottom, even if you're playing the bottom. You, what, the thing is, is, Scott says they don't play the roots, and he's right, they don't play the roots. But in fact, whatever they play, that is the root now. Okay, we got a G7 chord. The guy decides to play a B instead of a G. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's still a G7 chord, but the root is B now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's what the world is hearing. Yeah. You can say what you want. The chord's supposed to be a G. If I'm hearing a B at the bottom of it, it's now a B chord. Right. <laughs> that's 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 probably the thing I can't stand the most, especially when you're playing the standards, you know, because we're taught as improvisers to land on thirds and sevenths and nice notes of the chords, and when the bass player lands on the same note you land on, you know, you're playing giant steps, and no one can hear what tune it is because the bass player's not playing any of the roots; he's playing all the thirds and fifths. This is the same notes you're landing on in the sevenths and stuff like that. It just sounds like a bunch of mucky muck. It doesn't sound like music. It That's jazz, like shit, man. That's what know? jazz is supposed to sound like. No. <laughs> mucky muck. It just sounds horrible, you know, because it's just it sounds mutated from from you know in a bad way. Right. You know, somebody's got to hold down the fort, and if the bass player refuses to do that, it can be a mess. And 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 uh, you know, but. You know, I have to say, I haven't had a whole lot of bad luck with bass players. Most of the guys, of course, the kind of music I play, there's a lot more uh, rehearsal involved and discussion involved before you ever get on stage. So they, I have an opportunity to tell them what I want, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know. I, right. You know, play the written parts. You know, it's clearly written on the charts. You know, it's improvising time. Right. You know, they've got notes on the staff when they need to play certain bass notes under melodies that those bass lines are part of the composition that need to be there. And they know that. But then it comes time where, any, I, you know, like I write charts with a computer. So, so a lot of times I just, just to save time, I just copy and paste. And, but it's not literal. You know what I mean? I don't want to play that one little measure over and over and over again. So I just write the repeat signs and I say, this is where you, you know, improvise. You know, this is the part where you get to improvise. And it may be a one chord vamp or mm-hmm. it may be a set of chord changes, but I don't want you to play the notes that are written on the staff. I want you to just interpret it and play it the way you want. And a good bass player will know what to do and know what's fit fits the music and he'll play roots but at the same time he'll be creative and play some interesting things between those roots and usually make me happy mm. you know i don't right. like it when bass players play too simple and they don't put any create creativity at all into the music which some bass players do and especially when if you're playing if you're in one chord uh vamp land like we talked about that when kinsey was here that's death mm. When a bass player, you know, when you're playing one chord music and the bass player just sits on the same chord, oh my God, you know, I'd rather, I'd kill myself. <laughs> that's why it was so good when we had Matt Garrison on Kinsey's gig because it was just jamming. But Matt would take it into so many different keys and, and, uh, and all of a sudden he'd get real soft and switch keys and get real soft. And it would just like be, he's writing a song right now. And the bass player, when you have an incredible musician like him, or Jocko Pastorius, you know, one of those really amazing musicians who's great enough to be a band leader in their own right, mm. you know, yep. and a composer on the spot, 
then it makes the music fun because you trust that, that his musical instincts because he's so good and his musical instincts are so good they can literally create a great tune right there on the spot just by switching keys and and doing that that's in the one chord realm right right yeah. in changes music it's different because you know obviously you've got to play the changes but well but, no but uh, you alter the changes and you reharmonize the changes and you leave it up to it's a group experience as to where sure. it all goes yeah. and, and and where where you take the harmony and how you how you play it that's all that's no different but just in terms of conception and you know and in my world where we we improvise you know we get on the bandstand and even if we have arrangements the whole idea it's just playing you know and uh when guys come in and they just have an outsized influence when they're the new guy and they're just kind of going on their own preconceptions, I'm wondering to myself, why, why am I doing you know this? When, and here I kind of am free of it. And I'm going, you know, it's really kind of nice just to have all that room to myself too. You know, it's like I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's changed my plan a little bit. Of course, I have to give up a lot of the upper structure stuff because sometimes I want to stay down low. Because I have all that room to be playing down there, yeah. and I'm not just playing roots, obviously. But you know, like like if you listen to someone like Art Tatum, kind of there's almost a stride and a swing element to it, and moving stuff. Or, or there's Shoro guitar players who play all that counterline stuff. That's mm -hmm. like uh, that's all open to me now. Whereas if a bass player is going boom, 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 you know, and controlling the groove and controlling the harmony, I'm sort of stuck, just kind of. In the landscape of whatever they're providing, right? How about and, a, how about playing with a keyboard player or, or say a B three organ player? Well, a B three organ player, obviously. I mean, or a keyboard player. They they're obviously going to be outlining the chords. So I'm, I'm, I'm I play way differently, mm. way differently. I'm much more of a when it's my solo. I'm much more of a horn style soloist. You know, even though it's a guitar and I'm playing bluesy, a lot bluesier too, generally to fit with that sound. But, um, you know, there's so much harmony around me that I have to kind of tend, tend to be linear because otherwise it just gets too muddy. I'm not even worried about clashing. You know, it's like basically in my mind it's his job. To, he's accompanying me. He, I should be able to play anything I want and, and he, he should make it sound good. That's what accompanying is. That's what I strive for. Mm. that the person who I'm accompanying they can do anything they want and I will do everything I can to make them sound good which a lot of times means don't play anything at all and I'm totally cool with that uh, however naturally if I'm hearing like the B3 and I've got bass and I got all those swelling chords I don't necessarily hear my hear chord solos just because I just it doesn't even it's not something I would think up because it just doesn't sound like it belongs right here. And when I do it, it's generally only to, to punctuate certain parts of a phrase, just to jump in and, and add more power to a, a specific note by, by putting two or three notes underneath it, you know, to give it some more fatness. But not like the way in my trio that I play so much chordal stuff. Mm, yeah. I just don't do it. And it's, it's just like, to me, that's the beauty of playing jazz and why I practice. To me, that's what jazz is, is you walk into a situation and whatever you got, that you, you know, you can play bass notes, you can play chords, you can play lines. What do you hear in this moment that's going to be the best thing that fits in this second? And you know, even, even though you played this tune last night, something new is happening. What are you going to do to make this music 
sound the best it can and go to a new place and explore some exciting stuff. To me, that's, that's really what jazz is. That's my whole goal in life is to always be in that place. And like I say, that sometimes, it often means don't play at all. Yeah. Cool. We had an email come in and I thought it was actually a good suggestion that um, if you guys could maybe talk about albums that you recommend and why and what maybe talk about the album and why why people should listen to it or why you were drawn to it and yeah. just different stuff like that. I don't know if you guys would be Isn't interested. that a Wikipedia thing, kind of? Well, no, yeah. Actually, I know who sent that. It was an old friend of mine. He's kind of like my son. He said that we, we, we had mentioned some, a record at one point and then we talked about what we liked about it and he went and uh, checked them out and he felt that, boy, it just like really... He, he just thought it was like the coolest thing to go f listen to these records and hear what we had to say about it. And then he found some music he never would have known about it. And he also, when he listened to it, he got more out of it. And it is sort of like a thing we could do, like Wankipedia, where it's, uh, you know, at the end we could just say, hey, check this record out. I really listened to this when I was a kid and this is what I liked about it, you know. I, like I think that. that's a really interesting idea that maybe we could call it Discopedia or something. Yeah, because actually you guys, since we've done this, just this guitar wank podcast for myself i know when i'm editing these shows and you guys are talking i'm looking up the albums you guys are talking about mm -hmm. the tracks and i'm going to places i've never would have thought to have gone before and i'm thinking way different just on what you guys have talked about and it's really cool as an outsider having that that information yeah we you know? talk about albums sometimes but we don't really go into much detail super amount of detail yeah yeah but even just a minute detail one thing just, about yeah, it you just, know oh, check like you you've done that you guys have both done that a lot but you've done that with particular albums like when you've talked about you know people like freddie green and stuff like that yeah. oh you should go listen to this track and you can hear what he's doing here you can blah, 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 and just stuff as a listener we wouldn't think of and then it, it just changes it and makes it way more interesting too i i would honestly r rather do that knowing that I'm going to do that and listen to the record or listen to the track in my car before I get here so that I really... Because honestly, I won't remember the, the little details that I'd want to talk about unless I just heard it. Right. You know, so I'd want to like listen to it in my car right before I walked in the door and talk about it because then I would have Scott has ADD. My, he really doesn't head. remember shit. No, <laughs> but I mean, you know, nobody does. You know, you can't remember the de every detail. Well, it doesn't have to be that, song. but, you know, maybe you know. some, like, there's got to be albums that you guys just, you, oh, since man. you've been yeah, playing sure, guitar, sure. that you keep going back to, and it's like, it's something that is just so dear to you heart, dear to your heart, and you're just like, yeah, you know, you got to listen to this song. Even that, if it is, there's still... There's still single moments. Oh yeah, that you yeah. But I mean, remember that you want to listen to it and go. I don't want to forget about this phrase. Right. You want to forget about that. So I would want to listen to it before. But I, I think come he was. I think he was talking more about. You know, I mean, I can think of records I listened to when I was 18 that I haven't heard since that still fundamentally changed the way I thought about music. Yeah. And there were great things. And you know what I what I remember about them. It's like it's still interesting stuff. I mean, I don't think Derek really wants us to get that into detail he's a good musician himself he'll hear all that you know 
I mean, I think mostly what he wants is just us to point him in the direction of shit he didn't know existed mm -hmm. that we think is cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, I mean, I could see that that would be a really cool feature to put, like we used to have Wikipedia until we just yeah, got bored with it. Why? Yeah, we haven't done Wikipedia. Because uh, well, I ran out of the guys. Scott ran out of guys, the musicians stopped sending me money to put them on. So yeah. I don't, I don't, you know what, did uh, any of those musicians write us and thank us? A couple guys did. Oh, did they? But yeah, they didn't really do much like post us on their Facebook. I mean, and, and some of these guys are such habitual Facebook posters. I think they've got tendonitis from their keyboards. <laughs> well, there you go. Guitar wing I'm excited to have Luke. I think he'll be a lot of fun. We'll oh, he is. He's politics. a funny guy, man. He's, he's, yeah. He'll be glad to talk about anything, man. He's that'll be, that'll a funny be dude, fun. man. Love that guy. That'll be fun. But I actually, yeah. I said this to Bruce. I think it'd be fun if we could get some um, guests to maybe do us a little soundbite. I asked Jennifer Batten. She just didn't reply. So that was... There the you story. go. There you go. There you go. Did you, idea, what did, what did you ask Michael her to Jackson. do? She I just said, hey, reply. Jennifer, would you send us a, you know, just oh. a, a g'day on Guitar Wank and, uh, you know... Uh, that brings up another thing. We have, I think, we have a lot of female listeners. How could that possibly? No, I'm, possibly I'm talking be. shit. But they did say that the amount of female guitar players is going through the roof. Like it's, it's. I'm glad to hear off. that. Yeah. I'm really glad. To I hear think that's that. really great because guitar has been ex exclusively a masculine thing, and I think it's. I mean, I've had a lot of really great students through USC. One in particular, who's doing very well. She's playing with Jason Mraz now. Wow. And uh, awesome. she's got her own bands and she's doing really well. What's her name? Her name is Molly Miller. Molly Miller. Hi, Molly, is she hot? Ew. <laughs> Dude, she plays really great. Okay. I've got, this, I've got this one, um, one, one student uh, who was who my student. She's a Korean girl, really beautiful. And she's got, I can't remember the guy's name. No, he's let a us, huge rapper. Let me stop us there. You know what we really just good. did right then? What? Look, look what I just did and what you just did. And this what? is why we are so backward. With Women are still so backward. Not they're backward, but how we look at women are so backward. Straight away, we went at how they look. Well, it doesn't matter because it wouldn't matter if she looked good or not. She's making tons of I know, of but we, we don't say that, oh, you know, this guitarist, blah, gotta, blah, blah, he's but, really but good But looking. you know what? Well, you no, noticed how I evaded the question. You did, yeah, you did but well. But I got to tell you something, though. You can't deny that in this world that we live in, it, a lot of our industry is about image. And I'm not talking about women. I'm talking about men, too. Yeah, for There was sure. a guy, a, a, a friend of mine who's very overweight, who came to Los Angeles. Um, I, I, I don't remember how many years ago, but at least 10 or 15 years ago. And he auditioned not only for pop gigs. He auditioned for Jermaine Jackson, mm -hmm. another very famous pop guy, and a very uh, popular... A black lady jazz singer, and I can't remember her name, but she's one of the biggies. Right. Very, very popular lady who sings jazz standards. Yep. He lost all three gigs. And 
you know who got hired on all three gigs? Three different guys, all very young and handsome. No. Who couldn't play even close, close right. as good as my friend, mm -hmm. who would play rings around any of them, but they got the gigs because of their looks. Yeah. And oh, it's a that's, part of it. It's, it's part, part of, of it. what we do, man. It's part of the image of what we, not necessarily of what me and Bruce do, yeah. but, but a part of the music scene. Well, and especially in pop if, and rock. If you look, if you're a girl and you have a good look, like even if you're a guy, well, and you I use look, it, man. But yeah, if you're a girl and you know how to use it and you're a great I'm not player, saying hang you're going to get tits out. But, you know, I know a lot of women who refuse to hang their tits out and show a lot of cleavage and, and dress like a whore on stage. But yet, they do go on stage looking really amazing. I mean, they look beautiful. They dress in a dignified manner, but they look hot as hell. And you don't have to dress like a whore to, to look hot. And, and a, some of these women, like, look at the women in Beyonce's band. I mean, a lot of them are, they're gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. They're gorgeous. And they're good players, too. Yeah. Really good players. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the age for women is coming. And, and, and even if you're not a great-looking girl, you know, like, I don't necessarily think Bonnie Raitt is the hottest-looking girl on the planet, but she sure she plays was back her in the day. ass off. Maybe she was. Yeah. But, I mean, still, look at Bonnie Raitt right now. She's fucking amazing. She plays really, really good. She's one of the more soulful, you know, blues, yeah, female yeah. blues. Debbie Davies is also an amazing blues guitarist. Yeah. Great, you know. And she doesn't try to play the role of, look, look at me and how beautiful I am. She's more like just sure she comes up on that's stage gotta and be plays tough. her ass It's got to be tough for women because as men, we've been, especially, we've been kind of trained to, to think that way. And especially in this male-dominated instrument that we've kind of owned it for the whole longest time. Now there's this big uproar. Like I read an article recently. They're saying that um, Taylor Swift has a huge... She's the reason why so many girls have picked up the guitar. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You know? And it's, it is. It's Joni fantastic. Mitchell. I mean, yep. uh, uh, Joni Mitchell influenced a lot of girls to play guitar. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I'm sure there's, there's many you know, others. If we have any listeners out there that are girls, we should have... We, I'd love to get Jennifer Batten. That'd be so cool. No, you but, know, I mean, regardless, should, you know, I mean, I don't care whether you're a girl or a guy. I would like to know if there are any women out there who are actually listening to us. So if, if you mom, are listening to us... Does my mom count? Well, yes, she does. But, but she doesn't but play guitar. It, yeah, she's not a player. Right. I mean, well, and, and, she and, might be a player. I don't know. I have to ask Dad. Uh, ooh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Sorry, Mom. Actually, from, jokes, actually, Mom, actually, Mom, you, Mom. From, I know her, and believe me, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> okay? Let's just not even go there. Uh, <laughs> That's funny, though. But... but uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, it'd be interested to hear from them if they want to buy a T-shirt. That would be a great way to show their support. Oh, we've had girls buy T-shirts. Yeah, I've sold two. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I it was think, a guy buying a girl's T-shirt. I think I've sent. I've actually sent some ladies' T-shirts to guys, and they've sent them back. Yeah, <laughs> kind of pissed off. Really? <laughs> you know, that's the that's the posting department. Yeah, yeah, yeah the fulfillment department. Yeah. yeah. But um, but anyway, so women are playing a lot more guitar. That, that's great. And, I mean, look, I think I think it's fantastic. I know they're going to take all our gigs, and pretty much. we deserve it because we've taken their gigs and boxed them out for, for all sorts of stuff. So. You know what I saw that was pretty amazing, talking about just like another department where it's 
completely been run by men is airline pilots. How many female airline pilots do you ever see? How they ever? You know what's no ha, never. But I was I was on this flight, and it was great because the pilots walked by, and they were two black women. Oh really? The pilot and the co-pilot, and they were pretty hot too. Yeah. <laughs> and they walked onto the plane, and I would go, "Well, I'll be damned." There's two black women. One the pilot, the other one the co-pilot, and they're flying this 747 from LA to to Europe. Wow. And I was like, wow, you go, girl. Kicking <laughs> butt. Kicking ass. Yeah. Now, that's something you don't see very often as a female airline pilot. And and uh, there's a lot of been jokes been made that guitar playing <laughs> is similar to the airline pilot situation where there's about as many women guitar players as there are women airline well, pilots. It's changing now. This article, this guy, this teacher, he said he has now got 60% girls. Where he wow. used to have, like, oh, God, he used to have like t- I mean, ten percent. My, sc- my school like changed. In my school, there's probably oh, it's a very small percentage. It's a small 4%. percentage for, for me too, maybe four or five percent. Yeah, but I just you, had a really good student. Yeah, a lot of Asian student, Asian girls. Yeah, there's the some years. and yeah. Italian. Yeah. there was a really good uh, girl, uh, a blues player who was very good, who just came for the Encore program. So she wasn't there for very long. She was only there for maybe three months. Right. But she was a really good player. Of course, she wasn't a, a, a little, you know, beginner. She, she was in her 30s, and she'd already been playing for quite a while. Right. And she's played her ass off. Really very good player. Yeah. And I was happy to have her as a student because she was really serious, and she was really dedicated and practiced her butt off all the time and she was just really improving and I saw improvement just in the three months that she was there she actually learned to play over changes and 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 got some jazz vocabulary under her fingers and she was doing really well and I'm sure she's still doing really well yep. and it's it's nice when that happens because it's rare yeah see that many women um, at least especially I don't because even if the women are there at the school most of them are vocalists and even if they're guitar players, they might be shredders or rock guitarists that don't come to see me. Right. So it's rare when I get a woman coming in wanting to learn how to play either blues or jazz. Is there a sexist you know, joke you want to throw in there, Bruce? Yeah. No, no, not Texas joke. No, sexist. Uh, Texas joke? No, sex- yeah, man, you know, I lived in Texas, but it's really flat there, you know. <laughs> man, like one once, man... I watched my dog run away. <laughs> For three days? Yeah. <laughs> three days. <laughs> See, we, we That's how flat it is in Texas. Now no no, sexist, there's an old I, mean, I just it podcast. reminded me, I got an email from somebody. Really? Did I send it to you? Did I forward I don't know. it to you? What is it about It was Scott about Scott. Oh, and what? studying with Scott at MI. Oh, do you remember that? Do you remember Did you that? Send it to me. I didn't I, get it. I, I no, remember I sent it to Troy. I I kind of remember it, but I he don't... wanted to take Skype lessons with me, but he'd studied with you. Okay. He was traumatized. Yeah, he he had a lot to say about that. Uh, <laughs> couple he, of questions. He was really traumatized. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read it to you. Awesome. I think I saved it, but I'm not so sure. Awesome. Did he say he was scared of Scott? You would know it wasn't quite exactly in those words. <laughs> he was mad at me for something. Uh, you know, I don't think I can find it here. Oh. I thought I sent it to you. What was he I... saying? Oh, uh, shit. I don't know. It looks like I don't have it. 
something like uh, he went to MI to study with you, but then you know, like you were so creepy hanging out in front of your room that he, <laughs> you, gave, you scared him and like he never went back. Oh, see, dude, oh, there you if, go. If that scares you, that's why you, they you pay me the big bucks, right? You weren't really there, to right? Study right? You know, I mean, yeah, I, I know you're listening right now, and please take a Skype lesson with me. But you really blew it. Scott's not really that creepy. Not you on know, the, I not, mean, not you, you want to see creepy, I can show you creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny, though. That is actually funny. But there are so many students that come to the school who refuse to go into my room because they're just scared because they, they're scared of the unknown. They, uh, they hear me playing stuff that they don't know how to play. That's the reason you're supposed to go in. Yeah. Not why you're supposed to stay out. So it's their own fault. Of course. If they're intimidated by something that they don't understand. That's stupidity. Well, no. You know, or that's just why you're a student is to go in there and try to understand what you something. don't understand. Yeah. Well, you or know. just if the guy's demeanor scares you, you need but to just I, get But over you it. know, you and anybody that knows me knows that I have a very pleasant demeanor, especially around students. I'm always friendly. I'm always, hey, come on in. You, we don't. I'm always the first one to say, we don't have to play some hard standard or something. Let's just play a blues. Let's play right. a shuffle. I'm the first guy to say that because I love playing blues. So yeah. I'm the last guy that would scare a student or intimidate a student musically. You know, so if they're scared, it's their own fault. Right. You know, oh, and, I know and, that. And, and it's, and, and, and. I that, just wanted to bust your balls about it. You know, that, that, <laughs> you know, but that whole thing about, you know, there's so many guys out there that really are afraid to learn more vocabulary because they think more vocabulary is going to make them a less soulful player. Yeah, but this guy and wasn't just that like, case. come on. This, no. guy was, this guy was definitely yeah. not that kind of a guy. Uh, I just creeped reason. him out in general. He yeah. thought I was a pervert, yeah, he which is true. You creeped him out, and he just kind of never, yeah. you know, and he blew it. He blew a really good opportunity. He's doing real well somewhere else. You know, he's in, like, uh, Michigan somewhere. You know what? I did a, uh, I did a clinic one time um, at, a, at a university and uh, asked to come back and heard a friend tell me that he talked to the head of the jazz department and said that he won't he's not able to ask me back because I was off color in the clinic and not politically correct and I remember that clinic right and I might have used the, the I might have said fuck a couple times fuck. that's it right? right and and somebody complained and um you know and and I I told my friend to tell this guy that I've done clinics at many major universities all over the country, Berkeley, uh, um, USC, whatever, and no one has ever told me beforehand, watch your language or complained if I cursed or something like that. So I was pretty surprised that a school this big would be so fucking conservative yeah i was pretty surprised but because usually if they don't want you to say that if you they, if they want you to be politically correct they should tell you that before going in but they these, should say, these kids are what six years old six seven years old <laughs> well you would think so but i mean don't you think that if you're hiring somebody as a clinician and you're running a politically correct environment you would tell that clinician look this this school is pretty conservative no, so no, watch your language no, you know come no. on that sounds fucking boring to me anyway like it's, no but i mean why wouldn't why wouldn't they say why no, wouldn't no, they say a, that no because they it would never even 
it would never even occur to them that they were that kind of an institution. It would, they would figure that you are professional and you would understand where you were, and that's not appropriate language for that situation. Uh, but are you kidding me? A bunch, no, no. A, bunch, a bunch of jazz guitar players, no, no, that's no, not no, appropriate? No, listen to me. It's not the person... That, do you say fuck when you teach your kids? Of course I do. But no, 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 but not when I'm doing a master class with them. Oh, come on. I generally don't. Well, um, he's not, I don't think you would no, use listen, it all the listen, time. Listen, listen, no, you're missing, my, you're missing my yeah. point here. Okay. What's your point? Again, I'm not being political. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to point out. The guy who, who said what, what he said was not a guy who was there... He's an administrator dude who's a right. who just basically runs the show. No, no, he's and a so, teacher. And, and somebody complained, and he has to honor that because that's the environment of teaching, and that's the way it works. Then he should have told me. But he didn't before. know going in that, that you were going to say that. And and no, no, really. I that's mean, ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You were I'm giving a, a music clinic, not a, not a scatological. I am a jazz guitar player. All jazz guitar players fucking cuss. No, they Name don't. me one that doesn't. If he's a Christian, I'll agree. No, no, no. In in school context, not all do. Matter of fact, most don't, Scott. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I, 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 don't go, to, that. I go to clinics at my school I've done, all the time. But I've done too many clinics nationwide and have too many teachers and professors and shit laugh at my crude course, jokes and course, blah, blah, blah. Of course, blah, they, we all do. You know. No, but you're missing my point. You're in a university... You talk that way, students complain, chair of department has to back up the complaint. No, I'm not. I'm that's not, it. That's and, not. and he didn't know going in that you were going to say that, A. That's and where B, I agree. And B, and B, he didn't know the kids no, were going to no, complain Okay, no, going that's in. where I disagree. So, so that, I mean, no, you don't, you don't know the future. That's where I disagree. That's where I totally disagree. I agree with you on the point that he has to back up the student that complained. I'm in total 100% agreement. I strongly disagree with him assuming that I'm going to be politically He never even correct. thought of it. He never even thought of it. It never even crossed his mind. You're a great player. He wanted you to do a master class. He hired you. He didn't think like, what? Oh, he's going to say fuck? He didn't even think he's not going to say you, fuck? No, I, I don't think that. No, I don't believe that. When you hire somebody, when you hire somebody from the real world to come into a sterile as fuck environment... You tell that person, look, I know you're probably used to using a certain language in your world, but here you got to kind of keep it clean. And let me tell you something else. I've had many people tell me that. Well, you know, so, so, I, all, so, the years, all the years I've done that, no one's ever told me that. Well, I've and, had lots of people tell okay, me well, that. Okay, well, you know, maybe you have yeah. a reputation for talking that way well, and they I heard do. about it. I do. And they heard about it. I do. And, you know, I obviously talk that way in private, but when I do those clinics, I don't use well, that Well, yeah, I do. But what I'm saying is that I've had people, and I don't think they necessarily know me or my reputation, and they've just come up and said, hey, um, if you don't mind, you know, we've got some students here that will be offended by language, so let's keep the language cool. And I, and I was like, no, no problem. And then I did keep it cool. Right. But I'm just saying it was nice of them to tell me that right. the environment... Uh, my, my point, is, my point is, is, I'll guarantee you at our school... They would never think to say anything about it. They would oh, just like, I mean, go Frank about it. Never told me, hey Scott, would you keep the cursing down? Right, right. But if and there was, if there was an, if there was a complaint, you would never hear about it. You just not you'd not get asked back. Yeah, but but 
I'm, I'm looking in the faces of How the long people. has it been since you've been there? <laughs> oh, I was just there. <laughs> She's in your students. Yeah. That your was fucking me. students. That was me. I hired you as a son. <laughs> that, but, that's cool. But, you know, I just know that if I was an administrator and I was hiring to su someone to come in and teach my kids, and I knew that I had a couple kids that were offended by language, I would tell the clinician, hey, there's some kids here that will be offended if you curse What, what age is, are we talking? We're, We're talking college. early 20s. Oh, for fuck's sake. I know. I no, mean, no, listen, no, I mean, and again, and again, I'm not disagreeing with him. Yeah. I'm just saying, in a lot of cases, Jesus people Christ. don't even think about it till after the fact. Yeah, but, but what, all I'm saying is that, you know, I didn't get asked back because that, and I think that it was the guy's responsibility as an administrator to tell me that this is not, an environment where you can get away with that because we have some students that and, might and, and my and my guess that particular person would tell you well this is an environment where we don't use that kind of language and you should know that and you're both right and it's like stupid to talk yeah about. I, but i don't yeah. i don't know you know I when mean, you get to be college age and you you're offended by a couple curse words you need I to be think, slapped up you, the well head. you need and to I go agree see with a shrink. i agree yeah. i totally yeah. agree yeah. i totally agree yes yeah. i also agree with you know stupid. it's a state of higher environment and we can die, da, 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 i think da, it's da, different da. If, if maybe females in the audience and maybe that's sexist is that sexist that is sexist oh fuck uh, them then. <laughs> no it's not sexist it is totally sexist that's no. A, well no no i don't think how it is. is it sexist if you're going to moderate your behavior because of women being present or not, then you're being basically... Oh, but no, isn't that no, a gentleman? No, I, no, I thought I thought you were meaning something else. That's oh, okay. Okay. But isn't that being a gentleman? One would say so, but it is. It's, it's rooted. So it's, either, root, it's rooted in your not treating people equally. Well, so we're I, not talking about. Yeah, but we're not talking. I'm just about trying using, to define what, talking about what sexism means to me. No, but I'm I'm talking right. about not using curse words. I know, in a I know, we know context. what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying, not, I'm not talking. I'm saying, no, we've moved on. We've moved on <laughs> okay. from that. I'm just talking about like say just perhaps someone says Jesus Christ. It feels use, like I'm in an old folks' home. No, here. it's like someone someone asks a question. You know, do you ever do, do you ever? Hey, um, Grandpa. Do you ever uh, like say? Uh, do you ever use the mid-range knob on your amp to to you know to uh, determine what the amp's going to say? Is that the first knob you mess with? And I would say, no, fuck, fuck no, no, that's not the right. Uh, that's not sexist in any way. No, of course that's not. That's just no, right. That's what but I mean. if you would say it around guys, but not around girls, then it is sexist. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> that's my point. I agree. Oh shit! Yeah. So that's I shouldn't. I just. I'm just. I uh, I, my point is <laughs> yeah. is that is that administrators should take responsibility oh, for telling, like a, telling a guy. Like, and I know, think they should all tell you how to dress and how to well, play you know, Steve and Luther where to park. Steve is not going to be asked back to, to GIT ever again. Who? Steve Lukather. He won't ever be asked to, to, to g teach at GIT. He hasn't taught there in 20 years, and they'll never ask him to teach there because of his language. Okay. You know, He came in and took it so over the top. That 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 no one I'm looking forward no to one here. Well, no one will ever hire him at the school because he has such a reputation. They they won't hire him. And he's and because, he's hurting for it because he because he you know he doesn't care because he doesn't need to teach. But but right. it's just it's just that he came in and took it so completely over I'm the sure top. I'm sure he's not like that now. Who knows? But even if he is, who cares? Yeah, it but matter. it doesn't matter. He doesn't want to teach anyway. But but I'm just saying that he he came in and really really took it out and. The students Can were sort of mortified. Can you say like mortified. one thing he said? Well, I mean, he's talking about pussy and and cunt and this and <laughs> using like really super dirty See, language. We just lost our women right yeah, there. We just yeah, lost yeah. our women right there. Yeah. But, but you know, you know the story about the world's dirtiest limerick contest. Do you know that story? Mm -hmm. No. 
well, there was this like you know this they had this world's dirtiest limerick contest, right? And uh, this one reporter wanted to kind of get the advanced story and find out all about it, and so he went to talk to the guy who was running. He says, "If you pick the winner, he says, pick the winner." He says, "Yeah, I picked the winner." He says, "Well, tell me who it is. I want to interview him. I want to get the story out." And he says, "Look, we're going to announce it to the public. You know, we yeah, you know." Meanwhile, the guy had to go out and do something like take care of something and the, the reporter's in his office so he's digging around on the thing and he finds this piece of paper that has like the winners of the contest and he writes down the name of the winner and he goes over to the house because it's got the address and he knocks on the door and this little old lady answers and he goes hi ma'am are you and he asks the name and she says oh yeah that's me and he says oh he says did you by any chance enter the dirtiest limerick contest and she says, mm-hmm, yeah, yes, yes. And she kind of giggles. He goes, wow. He says, well, I'm doing a story about it. Would you, would you mind, like, reciting it for me? Can I hear it? And she goes, oh, no, I couldn't do that. It's, it's too dirty. He goes, well, how about if you, like, hum the dirty parts? I could probably figure it out, right? And she goes, maybe. He says, well, would you mind doing that? She goes, Okay. He says, okay, just a second. And he's writing, and she goes, and he says, okay, go ahead. And she goes, <laughs> and they fucked in a pile of shit. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a joke, and now I, now I don't know if it's appropriate. No, yeah, you've got to tell it. I hate it when people say they got a good joke and they won't tell it. Uh, I think it was where there's a, 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 I can't remember exactly where it goes, but it's some, you know, slutty girl co- comes into a bar and there's a bunch of people in there who stuttering, right? Who stutter, and she asks the bartender, "What's going on? Why are all these guys stuttering?" He says, "Oh, it's a convention. They're here." in town to help them, you know, a speech therapist thing to help them stop stuttering. And she right. gets this idea and she says, she announced, she says, if anybody can come up and tell me where they're from without stuttering, I'll give them the best blowjob they've ever had. <laughs> so, you know, the first guy just comes up there and goes, she goes, where are you from? And he goes, shh, 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 get out of here. Right. <laughs> Next guy goes, get out of here. My guy comes up, where are you from? And he goes, Miami. She goes, come on upstairs. And he goes upstairs. She gives him the best blowjob ever. And she goes, how'd you like that? And he goes, beach. I don't know why I was reminded of that. I don't either. Wow. That was a good one. Oh, yeah, we actually had someone, I don't know if I can find it. We had it, another yeah. joke, too. It was similar. Uh, ah, doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's good. I'd See, I love the joke part of the show. <laughs> Which is always sexist somehow. <laughs> that, well, yeah. Somehow it all Mine gets back to being sexist. <laughs> Except for an old lady telling her dirty joke. That's that. not sexist. I think it's kind of sexy. <laughs> um, the guy, just for everyone out there in, in listening land, uh, the guy that said he sees Ingve. <laughs> oh yeah that what? guy that he, he sees Ingve in the he supermarket wrote us, he wrote us back and he's like no dude seriously 
I've seen him about four times. <laughs> is it in LA? No, Miami. No, in Florida. In Ace Hardware and... and Ace and, Hardware. And the grocery store. In Ace Hardware. <laughs> I am your new god. And then he said, come come to uh, Miami and do a roadshow. We'd love to do that. That'd be really cool. Actually, I'm trying to get a gig in South Florida because I'm doing that cruise to the edge in... in uh, to the edge yeah it's like a, it's kind of like a mostly most of the bands are progressive rock bands yes is playing on it right. and a few and quite a few bands actually and a lot of pretty famous ones and it's a ship that leaves out of it's like uh, one of those Tampa. cruises it's like a fusion it's like fusion but it's like a progressive rock cruise which I would think it's going to be cruise of the dicks because there won't be one single girl on the boat. It'll be just a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> that sounds like a real trip. Remind, remind like me not to fun. go on that one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But, uh, How do we get tickets, Scott? Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna leave out of Tampa and be out in the water for three. It's gonna leave out of Tampa. Days. They can't even leave out of fucking Miami <laughs> or Fort yeah. Lauderdale. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah, yeah we're gonna I'm, go to Pensacola I'm on that gig. We're gonna but spend our time on the Redneck Riviera. Yeah, I'm trying to get a gig in in around the the Palm Beach County area, you know, or Fort Lauderdale area after the cruise. So I might be playing in South Florida pretty soon. I hope. Well, we we should maybe next year we can do a tour. Go to Key West, man. That'd be fun. That's a fun hang. Um, do do we want to hit some questions? Yeah, sure. You can now do that. that we've we've got all the politics out of yeah, the way. Yeah, we've got well, not quite. I didn't talk but. about politics. <laughs> You know what, though? As long as we're talking about politics, <laughs> do you ever wonder, like, you know, especially from the female point of view that, you know, Trump, he's, he's been accused of sexual molestation. He's said so many demeaning and horrible sexist things. You don't, you wonder why there just weren't every female in the United States wasn't out there voting against him. You ever wonder why the hell that was? That's why I thought he was going to lose. Is there a, a, I think, Bruce, you nailed this. I, I just thought that's why he, if well, there was any well, reason you know, I thought Trump was going to lose. I believe, I believe, <laughs> I believe that, you know, we, we make an assumption that a woman cannot be sexist against women. We, we just naturally make that assumption, and that's a very false conclusion well no i mean i saw a lot of women who who don't like uppity women because either it makes them feel smaller Mm -hmm. or they've just been they've just been you know like you've trained you know no one's born sexist they learn it yeah and you know they've been trained that women shouldn't do these things and they believe it and a woman who does those things is uppity and got a problem and they got a problem with them and you know there's you know like they don't want a woman above them yeah. You know, and, 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 and I think that that's the one thing that a lot of people just don't want to understand. Just like, believe it or not, black people can be racist against black people. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and I think that there was a huge element of that. I mean, just from watching the pictures of the rallies and seeing the way these women act, acted, it was pretty obvious they had a problem with a powerful woman. Yeah, without a doubt. That's all. Well, you know, yeah, you got a point. Some of, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm not. No, saying No, you all got of them. a point. I'm not saying because I saw the Trump rallies myself, and there were plenty of women at them. But but it just seems like, you know, with all the emphasis in the last ten years on political correctness and that we should treat women, you know, you've got a lo- you've got a 
television shows on TV like <clears throat> Law and Order Special Victims Unit that plays up the the you know the women who are raped standing up against their the, their rapists and and all these shows you know that 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 you know sort of are like trying to raise the standard of women's rights you know and portray men as the bad guys and women who shouldn't be victims anymore who should stand up and 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 you would think there would be so many of those type of women in the United States that they would just crush Trump at the polls and it didn't happen yeah and i just that that's that is the reason that I, the main reason even more than the racist thing even more than all the hispanics and and blacks and all the you know all the people of color running to the polls to vote against trump i don't know why that didn't happen either um I just still, there's still a big part of me that just can't believe Well, I think also a lot of men just could not bring themselves to have a woman in that kind of authority well, position. That too, but, you know, maybe his, his point yeah. is, is if all the women had backlashed against it, it was over. Yeah. That's it. It's done. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's what men. I thought was going to happen. You know, I, thought, I mean, that, that, that's what every, I think that's where everybody was going with this. And, yeah. you know, they were throwing... The, the minority vote in is just sort of icing on the cake because the women exactly. are going to do it all. That's what I thought because I, you know, I just heard so many uh, uh, comedians and actors and blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm say, not being political. Say, I'm merely just uh, being like an observer. Are you really serious when you're saying <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, really. There was nothing because political what's, in but, let, well, What is political? <laughs> it's like I didn't, I'm, not in, I'm not endorsing one side. Or other. It's just making observations. I'm just, I'm just making factual observations and cultural observations. In other words, the only thing you're not telling us is who you voted for. Or what my opinions are, yes. Oh, okay. So, but I think, so all those women that voted for Trump, they kind of put themselves back. They, well, they set in the women's right movement back a couple hundred years, but if that's what they want to do. But a lot of them are a couple hundred years, more like 10, 15 years. But I, I did see a lot of those women wearing T-shirts at some of the things that said Trump could grab their pussies. Right, so, right, right. Well, that was, that's yeah, funny. Right. But that's kind looking of funny. at them, there's no way would Trump would do no, that. No, I'm just, yeah. They were like, that that is the interesting yeah. thing. It's like, <laughs> Trump must be really mad because all the women he would want to grope were really at the Hillary rally. Yeah, right, yeah, right. That must, that must have really yeah. bugged him. I would love well, to talk to him about that you know and that's not political either that's just yeah i just <laughs> it was just we didn't I, get I, all i was saying is that's the main reason that's i thought huge. he would lose because i thought there would be enough women who hated what he stood for when he talked about women right. who would you, rush you to the and polls I think and everybody and else got, defeat him. i think you and everybody else. yeah 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 I thought that's what, if there was one thing that was going to defeat him, it would be all the women voters who yeah. hate and all those women, who women hate pig men. They shouldn't you know? complain about. They say men how are men pigs, and then, they, and then they let a pig become president. It's yeah. amazing. Is that, all is it, men are pigs. All men are well, pigs. Well, no, I'm just saying the, the women that. This will be the first pig we had as president. Yes, it is. Well, no, I don't really believe that because I'm sure that we've had some very. Um, sexually, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that John Kennedy fucked a different chick every day, but <laughs> it just wasn't a big thing back then. Well, he, you he know? probably and kept it. He did it discreetly, and he and he and he, and he was. He you didn't know, do whatever. I, mean, I don't think he did it any more discreetly than anybody else did. I think it's just there wasn't the amount of everyone's yeah. got a camera phone. Yeah, and yeah, right. and, and it wasn't the, the media the, around. Yeah, it. Also, yeah. right. the the, they the, didn't have the other side <laughs> wouldn't go there with it. Yeah. 
Right. Then that happened. They crossed that line with Clinton. Well, there, yeah, there was a, they, that that's line, right. That's when they crossed the line. Now we're in a new world. Right. And and I believe I believe Bill Clinton thought they never would cross that line. That's why he was careless and stupid, mm-hmm. because no one ever had before him. And right. now, and and he called their bluff, and they they went after him. They got him. Yeah. And ever since then, this is the new world. Yeah, you're right about that. But I'm still. I, I'm still one of the, the still shocked. Again, I'm not being political. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still shocked that you know that 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 that's why probably me and a lot of other people thought he would lose because I thought the women would just kick his ass in the in the in the election booths. I agree. It didn't happen. I think that's what everybody. I thought. wonder how long Trump will be in office before as a sexual thing against. You know him. what? I got a feeling that that that. I, I mean, I'm just. This is a. This is just a gut feeling, and it's coming from absolutely no facts whatsoever. But I just have a feeling he's going to be impeached. I just think there's too much shady shit in his past. Well, he's still going to deal with that rape case, right? I think that there's something's going to happen. They dropped it, didn't they? No, they dropped. No. She dropped coming out. But I think the the court case I, is still I, on the I cards. Just, I, if it's not, I could one, be wrong. You I know what? Know. I'm just saying. That's if it's I, not that, it's going to be something else. For sure. It's, I just have again, a feeling. Again, don't forget. Pence. Pence. Yeah, well, that's even worse. You know. No, no, that's why I don't think they'll pursue impeachment. Yeah, they'll, 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 yeah you're The right. only thing that could yeah. get him is indictment where he had to go to jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll go after Hillary? No, I don't think he will. No. I have a question for Bruce. Is it about Mike Pence? <laughs> not my pants. You're, you're, it's not about your pants. It's not about my, yeah, I'm so glad we stayed. We didn't get on too political today. Yeah, it's a good thing we didn't. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners were pissed off this one. Actually, if you're listening to this episode, you could write us in and tell us how many times Bruce said, I'm not being political. But you really, I mean, I hope I'm not breaking the code here. And of course, you can edit this out. But this is likely to show up five weeks after the election because we've been talking now for two or three hours. Yeah. So this isn't going to be in necessarily in, Order. you know, so, yeah. so we, this is, you know, we, you know, there's going to be like part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. By the time this airs, Trump's Trump impeached. could be impeached. <laughs> yeah. He, or dead. Or, <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, knows, anyways, and else. you can leave this in, Troy, you're the, you're yeah. the master editor. The yeah, master because, you know, because if you watch the news or Facebook, you know, different shit happens right, every single I mean, day. So, and there are people out rioting and on And I the have no problem right with you dropping these all out back to back, you know. I mean, really... I'm, I'm, like I say, my my re- I have my opinions. I just want to keep. I like to keep the facts straight, and I want to really try to focus on music because, goddamn, those political people never talk about us. Why are we talking about them? <laughs> but you know what? It is talking about music because music is about a a time, a, a moment in time, a moment in history, and what comes out in music should be. That's what's right. happening no, Scott just works you're, it all out. No, it, but it you're nothing to do with it. Right? You, no, you're right though, because because music is probably music, some amazing music, music does not exist this. by itself. Music is about us living our lives, and our lives involve our relationships. They involve our political and religious ideas. Everything that we are as people come out in our music. 
And that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. And you no can't. No wonder my music is such so asshole. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't play. I music play in, in the a assholean mode. You play. You can't. You don't play. Nobody plays music in a. I bubble. gotta learn that that mode. No, yeah, the assholean mode. Yeah, the assholean mode. I'm a specialist. <laughs> so what's the question? <laughs> to put Bruce as a question, can you explain the joke about no banjos on Star Trek? <laughs> I don't get it, and you probably told it about five times. <laughs> I have only told it once, maybe. On this, I mean, no, in man, my life, I've told it more than five track. times. Do you guys even remember the joke? I can't remember the joke. You know, I you see, and if I've told it five times, you would remember. It. And I've probably heard it three so times. So this guy I've is already a, 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 a pathological exaggerator. <laughs> so what is the joke? Because it's probably oh, funny. Oh, sorry, guy. Here goes time number six. <laughs> okay, why are there no banjos on Star Trek? <laughs> why? Because it's the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's this other joke. No, do I really have to explain you that? You don't have to explain that. Okay. But his name is um, Gervasio Goris. So maybe he's from a... a there what might be a link. joke where the guy... Okay, his... maybe he's foreign. Okay, okay. Basically, we Americans, we banjos is one of the instruments we like to kind of beat, up, beat up on. Uh, and it's generally considered with older styles of music. And being that Star Trek is way off in the future... Most people will figure that there will be nobody <laughs> left to play it either with the hey, with the compunction nor the expertise nor the or the maybe they'll have such good taste that they won't do it. Right, right. <laughs> There's that other joke where the guy leaves the banjo in his car and he goes into the restaurant to eat and he comes out and he sees the windows broken in his, in his car and then he sees there's another banjo in there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good one. I like Definition it. of a gentleman. What? Someone who knows how to play the banjo but doesn't. Ah, <laughs> oh. perfect pitch. When you throw a dump a banjo into the dumpster and you don't hit the rim. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think Talking to great banjo players, I really like Steve. No, I love Steve, the banjo. Steve, Steve I mean, yeah, look, I hell, I'm playing a resonator, and that's like as close to a fucking banjo as you're ever going to get. Right? So, like, I'm, I mean... It's, it's great to pick on the banjo. Jokes are jokes. But it's, banjo's a great instrument. And trombones, of course, are great yeah. instruments to pick another on, Another one of too. my favorite instruments. What about accordion? Isn't that a... Another, accordion's another, another one. one. Yeah. It's another one, definitely. Why do we pick on them all the time? I don't know. I don't know, but it's funny. there's so few of them, really. That's probably why they numbers there. It's easy to pick on a small. I just group. love the Covington story, and I could tell it a million times when he was at the airport and he stepped on that guy's trombone <laughs> and just crushed the bell. And one of his buddies went seventy-five trombones. <laughs> <laughs> I can just uh, imagine. You ever, you ever heard a trombone player play Seven Steps to Heaven? <laughs> yeah, that that. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, you know what trombone players use for contraception? What? Their personality. <laughs> 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 that reminds me so much of when 
the time when Jeff Berlin was on the plane with that guy and the guy asked him, you know, Jeff says, what do you do? Oh, I'm an engineer, you know, I do construction and stuff. What do you do? Jeff goes, I'm a bass player. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, bass. Boom, 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 boom. Jeff's like, yep, that's me. Good old Jeff. Boom, 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 Berlin. I wish I was there for that. <laughs> Classic <laughs> moment, man. It must have been. Oh, God, you guys make me cry again. <laughs> that must have cracked <laughs> We do have a, um, a question here from Nick Blankenship. Not to be confused with Roy Blankenship. Right. The ant builder? Yeah. The ant, ant builder. Roy makes it. An ant fixer. Yeah. Roy gets political. I love Roy. He's, he's, Roy is a smart man. I, I, he's a good guy. I, thanks, Roy. Um, but this is Nick. And Nick is the one who wanted to say thanks for starting the community in music. He recently moved to Napa Valley, and he's been up there for a year, few years, and now he's got a community going on Jam Night. Tell, hey, tell him, give me a gig. Give, I'll come up. give Bruce a gig, Nick, and uh, Bruce will come up. But his question is, what is some advice you guys um, you can give to other fellow music teachers and guitarists on how to best teach mentor and encourage students bruce would be the guy to ask that question if scott doesn't encourage i him. don't encourage him for shit <laughs> Dude, scott tries to talk him out of it <laughs> i like to set him on fire <laughs> well you know i mean basically the best is to if you want to mentor somebody is be a good example yourself have integrity be a badass love what you do care about it be enthusiastic, share it with the world, and, sh and really take an interest in your fellow man, and the rest will take care of itself. When you go to teach something, if you say, if you observe something, like let's say you say to somebody, wow, you need, it would be great if you played more melodically. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say that was a comment you made as a right. teacher. Then try and come up with some exercises that would enable them to work on playing more melodically. So, you know what I mean? You come up, you, you have an observation, you see something that you think they need to add to their playing, then, the, then truly being a great teacher is not the observation, but in also coming up with a strategy for them to actually make that happen. Challenge yourself to come up with a set of exercises. Right. I mean, that's my whole philosophy of teaching. If I observe, okay, we need, this needs to happen in your playing. If we do this and this and this, this will help this happen. But the rest is all being just full of integrity, being enthusiastic, being, you know, being honest and, and mentoring, you know, just being yourself. That's, that alone is, is, you know, it's not about what you say. It's about who you are. Can I add to that? Sure. <clears throat> no. Um, because I'm about to say something extremely negative oh. <laughs> about to, to counteract what Bruce. Oh, that's said. okay. You know that's why they when, come to me. When, and no, I, no, no, no. That's true. When, when you know, when I hear the word teaching, um, even though I am a teacher, um, it rubs me the wrong way sometimes because I equate it with the boring doling out of information that is sometimes acquainted with teaching. You know, like. The teacher up with the blackboard, you know, two and two is four, two and three is five. That kind of thing also happens in music. Yes, you know, the key of G has one sharp. It's F sharp, blah, blah, blah. 
that kind of teaching, even though it's necessary, kind of makes me feel kind of sick in my stomach. Right. Because it's not really Good. what I like to think of as teaching. Teaching, yeah. Um, what I call, what he just talked about, I don't call that teaching. I call that open counseling. That's what I do. Or okay. not necessarily open. Open just means that there's more people in the room than just one. But it's counseling. Right. It's not mentoring. really. It's I mentor, like the word yeah, mentoring. mentoring or counseling. It's kind of the same <clears throat> thing. Where basically you hear a guy and you hear problems in his playing and you try to correct those problems and you try to get him to understand that he has those problems and get him on the path to correcting them. Right. And that's basically what mentoring is as opposed to teaching. You know, I like that's that. why I like mentoring. Right. Mentoring is fun. Teaching, teaching is not fun. Right. But mentoring is fun because you actually get to see a guy's eyes light up as he actually hears himself improve. Yeah. And that's like kind of like, or you get to show him a color that he's never heard before or something like, if you play this series of notes against this, listen to this sound and what, how it makes the sound this makes. Like a lot of guys will learn an A melodic minor scale, right? And they'll go, okay, I'm used to hearing that over A minor, but then they hear it over a C major seven sharp five and they hear that Star Wars scale, that the augmented kind of scale that they've never heard before and their eyes go, whoa, what a beautiful sounding scale, which is the Lydian augmented scale, which is a beautiful scale and they don't, they've just never heard it in that context right. before and their eyes get, and they'll go, wow, what a great sound that is. You call it the Star Wars scale? Because it's used in Star Wars a lot. Every time Princess Leia comes into the picture, you hear that you, <laughs> they play that major seven sharp five chord, and the, the and, and somebody on the vibes playing some guy. You know, it's a you know just John Williams used that that scale and right. chord a lot in Star Wars. It's that kind of open augmented kind of sound. It's really nice. And I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff yeah. when, you, when you show people, you you can see that they're excited about it, and they're they they. That's not teaching to me. That's yeah. that is mentoring. And you, it's a different thing than teaching. You guys, you guys, I I consider you guys both really masters at teaching. Like Masturbator, maybe. <laughs> you know, well, you I mean, when you really, call you, it teaching, mentoring, counseling, you know, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are really so, great at that. Mine, yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. Yeah, really, really good at. It. I have another question from Tom, and we're going to go back to a, which one's the sweet one? That one. That the, uh, this the, big no, one. No, that, no, that, one that one. This yeah. one. That one. I got that out for Scott for sweet. The sweet Scott. Girly stuff. Girly yep. stuff. <laughs> I like girly Don't drinks. Don't touch the good stuff that Bruce I like does. girly drinks. <laughs> um, so Tom says that uh, he loves the show and he thinks we're a bunch of funny assholes sometimes. Boy, you got that right. <laughs> anyway, I was curious about your opinions on bass players. Who are some of your favorites? Well, I think we just <laughs> right. Well, we just that, might, that, might, that might be a couple of weeks ago by now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, who are some of your favorites and why? Yeah, give me, give me a couple. Who, who is the best bass player in the world? <laughs> there's no best bass player in the world. Oh, come on, there is only no, one. There's, you know, there's there's so many different styles of bass player. Right, but, you, you know, know I mean, like there's some really great bass name players. Name a million styles, and you'll name a million. If, if you're bass talking players. jazz, traditional upright style, I mean, you, no conversation could be without Ray Brown and Paul Chambers and Ron Carter. Ron Carter, definitely. you, you, the three of them, you could, you could not. I mean, you'd just be. 
it would you'd be showing your stupidity if you didn't mention those three. Mm -hmm. There's still many others. There's there's, there's a lot of guys who kind of didn't play necessarily as strong time oriented. They were a little more melodic and interactive. Guys like Red Mitchell and Scott LaFaro. Uh, that's a whole Dave Holland. You know, is a little more a modern. But coming, I mean, and I'm talking about upright because I'll let Scott do the electric guys. Um, those are those are guys I would right off the bat suggest anybody check out is just sheer bookmarks as to how it could really be done, you know, in a in a brilliant brilliant way. Of course, Charlie Hayden is another one. Mm -hmm. Scott, who, who do you want to add uh, to this? You know, electric bass. There's just, God, it's, there's almost too many styles. Bootsy to, Collins? Well, yeah. I mean, for that <laughs> style, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, um, for the front, yeah, James Jamerson. Um, you know, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, who's the bass player that played on actual proof with Herbie Hancock and Mike Clark? Is that Paul, Paul Jackson, Jackson Jr.? Yeah, yeah just. Ridiculous, oh, unbelievable. And then, Jocko and then, of course, Jocko came along and sort of changed the the face of electric bass guitar because of the one of the first guys to use the treble pickup and a fretless and and made the bass sound much like a, so much more vocal. You know, he could actually play vocal melodies like a saxophone player, and that was the closest the bass came to a saxophone. Mm -hmm. You know, in in in. You know, when, and he practically single-handedly invented that style. And there are a lot of guys that came along after him who were equally as good, but compared to Jocko, because they also played like Gary Willis from Tribal Texas, and just one of the most amazing bass players ever. But he got compared to Jocko because, for the untrained listener, as soon as you hear fretless bass, you think Jocko because he kind of invented it. Even though Willis's style is light years away from from Jocko, right. to the untrained ear, you would say, "Oh, that guy sounds like Jocko," but he really doesn't. I mean, he has his own style. Another guy and is Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten's oh, Victor awesome Wooten, yeah. at that. At the, the the what he does, which is really original. Um, Anthony Anthony Jackson, totally. who's a completely amazing, tasteful studio bassist who just never does a bad take he's just so on and his time is so perfect that he just has such creative ideas that he can execute in any idiom of music any pop country jazz you name it he can handle it he can go in there and do right. the first take and do it perfect yeah. and then he wants to do another take and even do it better yeah yeah he's just ridiculous. but i think what he's asking i mean and that's all fantastic but what do you guys really think of bass plays what as people, come on, well, give me the dirt. As people, oh, come on. Okay, let's face it. You know the story about. There's a couple of different stories here. There's two to tell. One is, um, there's this band and they're rehearsing. <clears throat> you know, and they're and they're really sounding great. And the and the keyboard players over there playing. And he goes, man, this is sounding great. We're gonna make. Oh man, this is gonna be. We're gonna be making bank, man. I'm gonna be able to buy a new whole double rack of keyboards. We're gonna be flying around in jets, our own jet, not commercial, and we're going to have limos, yeah. And the guitar player, he's playing, man, we're sounding so good, man. I'm going to be on the cover of Guitar Player. I'm going to have a whole new endorsement from Gibson. Oh, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to have so many chicks. It's going to be ridiculous. And the bass is over there thinking, G, D, G, D. <laughs> I'll tell the oldest bass player joke, and if I've told it before, it's an old man moment. But it's just such a great joke. 
where the little kid comes home from his first bass lesson and his dad asks him, what'd you learn on, the, on your bass today, son? And the kid goes, I learned the first four notes of my E string. Way to go, son. He comes home the next day. Son, what'd you learn today? I learned the first four notes on my A string. Way to go, son. He comes home the third day. Dad says, what'd you learn at your bass lesson? I didn't go to my bass lesson today. And dad says, how come? His kid says, I had a gig. <laughs> uh, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> or another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lady takes her son to a music store and says, I want to teach my son how to play the violin. You know, how long does that take? Violin? The, music, the, the guy says, are you kidding? Just to even get a sound out of that thing takes a year, two even. You know, much less try to play some notes on it. She says, well, I want to teach him how to play the flute. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Just to get a tone out of the flute will take at least a year. You know, how about the guitar? Oh, come on. You know, that's just to teach him some chords. You're talking at least a couple months before he can play bar chords and his calluses get on his hands. He says, I tell you what, why don't you teach him bass and you can just wait here? <laughs> These, there's these people walking through the jungle, and and they hear these drums, you know, boom, 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 boom off of the jungle. And, and one guy, he's got his guide, and he says to his guy, says, I don't know. I don't like the sound of those drums. You know, they're scaring me. He says, oh, no, drums play. Good. And they're walking, and the drums are getting louder and a little more insistent, you know, kind of more intense. He goes, I don't like the sound of those drums. And the guy goes, oh, no, drums play. Good. <laughs> and then they go a little further. Now the drums are, like, going crazy, you know. He goes, oh, those drums are scaring me. He says, no, drums play. Very good. They go a little further, and the drums, like, stop. He goes, oh, thank God. Thank God those drums stopped. He goes, oh, no, drums stop. Very bad. Bass solo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you.